This is the Power Your Edge podcast, where we share with you the voices of creatives. You will learn, grow, and laugh with us as we hear from people who are the same as us, their journey, their tools, their gems, and their wisdom, coming together to power your edge. And now, here is your host, Malky Skolnick, founder at The Bold Edge, digital course creator, email marketing magician, app junkie, and systems fanatic. Welcome to another episode of the Power Your Edge podcast. Today, we are excited to have with us Rivka Korf, who is the founder and director at REM90. She manages social media strategy and content, among other modalities for organizations and companies like Aish, Jamie Geller, Charity, Chabad, Mayor K, and more. Customer service is the cornerstone of her business, and her slogan says it all. REM90 provides service you can only dream of. We're going to jump right in. So Rivka... One thing that I love to do to get things started is to give people a little bit of a background on who you are, where you started, and how you got to where you are today. So I started out as a graphic designer when I was in high school. I was designing for people as a favor or like to practice for free. And I got a lot of practice that way. I know uh, people usually don't like the free work idea, but it really helped me. Then I, I got into illustration, hand lettering, all different types of uh, graphic design. I worked full-time as a graphic designer at different jobs. I also freelanced, so it changed over time. It's been years. When I moved to Miami, I couldn't find a job locally. It's a, not a great job market. So I ended up working on freelance and build, build my business. I started hiring other designers to work for me, and then it evolved into a marketing company, and we offer social media and other marketing services as well. What is the name of your company? Rem90. Okay. So at Rem90, who would you say is your target customer or the customer that you feel that you could help the best? And I'm just curious why. It's different types of customers. I have some that are nonprofits some that are more corporate clients. So it, it varies. Right now I have employees in the target is clients that value marketing, that marketing is going to bring a return of investment for them. If it's nonprofits and they'll get more donations or someone selling a product or a service. So it's not specific of one type of person. So what do you enjoy most though? There must be some sort of work in there that you're super passionate about. The, the work I enjoy most is social media because you're posting something, you see engagement and people enjoying it. It's instant feedback and it feels it goes further. When I was designing, I, I designed, let's say an ad, you don't see how people are responding to it and all that. So that's the big plus of social media. And it's also very fast paced. I like things that are very fast paced, always emergencies, just, you know, things moving along. It's not one long project that just drags on for months. Right. But the question really is, is that, you know, with social media, people say many times it's the long game. Yes, you might see the engagement on a specific post. But the question is, there's a goal and there's something that you would like to reach through this campaign or whatever you're working on. Right. There's some sort of end goal that you would like to reach beyond just likes and whatever. How do you figure that out? Meaning you're planning out the social media, but you also have to keep in mind the goals and whatever it is. So when you're planning out social media for a company, what is your process? So the strategy is very different for different types of clients. Some clients just need more engagement and visibility. Some clients need more clicks to their website. Some clients need more sales. 
it really varies by the type of client and what the goal is. But there's still a process that you're going to follow to generate the content or to come up with strategy. In general, the, the main idea of content for, for us, the way we see it, is that the, the content has to be engaging. It has to be either entertaining or inspirational or informational. They're either learning something. We try not to do things that are just outright ads all the time because people don't like to being advertised to. So we try to engage people in a more natural, organic way so they actually want to follow the account and not just, you know, buy this, buy this, buy this. So which brings me to my next point. Because we don't want to be salesy all the time, we also would like to give them valuable content that, you know, meets them where they're at and gives them something that they need or helps them out. What helps you brainstorm to generate content that matches those needs? And like you said, is not salesy, but in a way, in a subtle way, it's keeping you top of mind. It's giving you some value. And in a way we are leading them towards the goal of eventual sales. So how does that, how does that whole mashup come to be? And how do you develop content that meets those? So in general, the first thing we think about is what the followers want to see. So we're creating content that they're going to want to see. They're going to want to share it with their friends. If it's not interesting, if we're creating it and it's not exciting and interesting for us, they're not going to find it interesting. At the same time, we're obviously going with the goals of the account. So if the account wants to promote, uh, let's say, a specific course, we'll do something informational on that topic and then promote the course with it. But it has to be engaging content because otherwise they ignore it. We're scrolling through social media. We see insane amount of posts as we scroll and we ignore most of it. So the goal is to create posts and videos that they, they will stop and read or watch and then share it with their friends and comment. Otherwise, it's a waste. So I'm going to keep on digging down because I want to get to the real core of this because I feel you're right. We need engaging content and we want that. But what makes something engaging? Meaning you're saying it's something that I would be interested in, but saying it to yourself. But what if you're not the target market? Right. But you could put yourself into those shoes. So you put yourself in those shoes, right? You put yourself in the shoes. And you're like, if I am the type of person that would be buying this course, but because we react emotionally, there's a limit to how much we could put a person in the shoes and really feel those core issues that the client feels because we want to really get to those real pain points of what's going to get a person to want to spend a thousand dollars on xyz and and it's a large amount of money it's not like it's two three dollars so there has to be that inner core pain that if you're not the person that's experiencing it it's very hard to really get into that thing and then you'll want to say okay here's my checkbook i want to give a thousand dollar donation so for me that comes a lot more naturally I got used to it when I was doing graphic design and, you know, you're dealing with a lot of different clients. For me, the main thing was that the client should be happy. So if the client wants a specific ad, I tried to figure out what style and what they like. So I I got used to figuring out the personality of the people that I work with, that it is easy for me to get into those shoes. There's a lot of things that we post that I wouldn't be interested in myself. I wouldn't be watching those videos, but I could figure out what those type of people, what their personality, I guess it's a little bit of psychology, just trying to get into the shoes of the customer. So what has helped you? Because this is a common thing that a lot of creators struggle with is coming up with a design that the 
client is on board with. Now, okay, I have a design and then you present it, then that's not what I want. Could you create something different? I just spend hours and hours, whatever, and it's not what you want. How do they sort of read their mind? And how do they ensure that they're giving the client the personality and design that they want? What are some methods that you could suggest that could help them it seems like this is an innate talent that you have and it's honed and it's been honed throughout your work. What has helped you, like you said, putting them in their shoes, that's one thing. But what about the style? Like style is something that's very unique. If I look at somebody else, I don't know exactly how they're going to be furnishing their home. I have no idea. What helps me put myself and know this is the vibe and this is the kind of design that the client wants. And when they see it, they're like, this is amazing. This is exactly what I wanted. How do we get that? How do we bridge that gap? So I think the first step is not getting attached to what what we post on social media, to design, to anything. It's not art. You know, it's not personal art. If you want to paint something for yourself, you could do it whichever style you want. But when it's for a client, if you don't get attached, it's easier to see, to hear from their feedback what they actually want. Instead of getting defensive and trying to convince them why they're wrong. So just being open-minded and listening to their feedback, even if it doesn't sound exciting to hear it, sometimes helps you being able to figure out what they want. But how do you get to the step before that? Meaning I would like to come up with a design that when I present it to them, they see maybe there's going to be minor tweaks, but they are totally on board with it. Meaning... I understand that when I present the design, I'll get more stuff back from them, but I want to prevent that. What are some key questions that I could ask my client when I am in that intro phase and that intro call, or, you know, we're onboarding this whole situation. What are some key questions that you have found really works to help you really get the vibe of what the client wants? And like you said, it may not mesh with your specific design style or what you would prefer to design for yourself. And that's totally fine. But how do you figure out what their design style is? So when you present them the item, it's 90% there. And there are those tweaks, of course, that that happens, but they're not starting over from the beginning because you were totally off base. Yeah. So I think just asking them what they like, even if it's not specific to the ad that they're looking for, seeing what style they like could help. Usually it's all over the place when they send it to you. So how do you narrow things down? Meaning I'm getting a whole folder of them things. So how do I narrow it down to know this is really the direction that I need to go in, this type of style, because if there's 50 different styles, that doesn't help me out. So what do we do to narrow things down? I try to see what's in common between all of them, meaning is it certain coloring? Is it minimalist? Trying to narrow down between all the designs, seeing what they might like. In the end, realistically, it's not always possible to have it ready with only minor tweaks in the beginning. And that's also okay. It's not always up to us. They also don't know what they want. Right. Right. I hear that. But sometimes with some questions, we're able to get more of an idea and they're able to realize what they do want through different things like that. I mean, what's also helpful is sometimes people do come to a designer because they do like the style that they use. So they're coming to you for that look. So it does make things easier because then it's really they want what you like which is quite simple. Right. So I'm not a person that has just one look because I just really think that every client needs something different. They they can't all match each other. So that doesn't really work for me. So my next thing that I would love to know is, is that as a creative, we always need to think of new ideas or different ideas. And sometimes when we're working with a client for a while, 
you know, especially if it's a one-time client, okay, so you think of a new idea for them and great. But what if you're dealing with a repeat client or a, or a long-term client? How do you keep yourself creative and thinking up new ideas all the time? So I'm a person that just has a lot of ideas nonstop. I, I could sit down and I have tons of ideas. So it's not something that I personally need to work on uh, to have new ideas. I always want to change things and new things. And I get bored when everything stays the same for too long. So I always try to think what could work better, what could be changed, maybe something, you know, we're too used to the same. At which point do you want to change things up? Because there's always, as creatives, we like new stuff. But the question is the balance between let's stay the course, because it seems that maybe this works or at which point it's a must to change things up and to have something fresh and new. There's that balance. And where do you feel that as creatives, when do we need to change things up and when should things stay the same? I think, for example, on social media, if it stays in the same place and it's not growing and you're not getting as much reaction, then you need to figure out a plan. Either the content has to change or the design has to change. So we try different things to see what's going to work. And how do you track your results? So you said you're on social media, let's say. What apps or technology do you use to keep track of those and to analyze your data and all that so you can make better decisions? We use Facebook and Instagram. That's mostly where we do our social media. Do you use a planning tool or do you just check the analytics within the app itself? We check the analytics within the app and on Zoho. Oh, so you use Zoho Social for your actual scheduling part? Yes, but a lot of things can be scheduled, so it depends on what it is. I'm just curious because I actually use Zoho One within my business. And what do you see within Zoho that decided this is what I'm going to use? In the beginning, when we were checking between the different services, that's what made sense. It's possible that we'll change it to something else, but it's really good for a lot of accounts. Okay. No, it's just interesting because I have it. And, you know, then you hear of so many other options that sound so cool. And then you're, well, maybe, maybe Zoho can just be it then finished because we have the whole suite. So it's, it's really nice how everything works together in one place. So that's really, really great. Anyways, but when you're actually working with your clients, and I know that you've worked with some bigger clients, I'm curious, what has helped you land those accounts? What really helped is being very serious about customer service. So when I'm dealing with clients, I really go all out on the customer service experience. So, you know, they need things done late, we'll get it done. There's an emergency, we'll get it done. In general, just being very responsive, uh, very open to criticism. So it just makes it very easy for them to work with us. Right. But how do you get those referrals? In general, clients that are happy refer to other clients, and that's that's how we get business. Um, I think that's the best. Those are the best clients because they already got a referral right. from someone else. Do you ever do the ask or ask your clients if they know other people, or it's like an organic thing and they just do it on their own? It's just organic. I feel way too awkward to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I always wonder what that feels like. And I think that also designers or creatives. Well, could you think of five people that you could refer to? <laughs> you know, you know, this is the scripts and this is what we're told to say, but it just feels QWERTY. You know, you said it's best when you're able to create that. I call it the ripple effect. You create some really great clients and Hashem helps you sort of spread the word and the more bounty comes in, et cetera. But I really 
feel it's, it's the ripple effect and the best clients are the ones that come to you because other people have raved about you and have been so happy with you. So it's really about keeping the people that you have happy. Yes, it's very hard otherwise. It's uh, if you're just cold calling people, uh, emailing and just asking them to hire you, it's not going to get the same result. They're not going to want to pay as much, but you're, you're coming more desperate and I, they don't all need work. Right. Which brings me to my next question. How do you convince people? Well, in your case, it seems like you're not convincing because this is what they want to do. But if a company is larger, why aren't they doing this in-house? Why are they hiring an outside agency to do their social media marketing for them? Because we're offering, basically with each post, we're doing research. We have someone that does the research. We have someone that does copywriting, design, video editing. It's a whole service. So they would need to hire a lot of people instead of hiring us. Usually when you're hiring a social media uh, person, it's one person. They don't have all the skills in in the different categories. So let's say it's someone that is good with copywriting, but they're going to be using Canva templates for the design and they're not necessarily as good at video editing. So if someone wants really to go all in on social media, it ends up being worth it for them. So meaning instead of a person having to hire and also keep busy so many different types of people, they're able to hire an outside agency that's able to then, first of all, they're the, they do the project management, meaning they do the strategy, project management, and all that. And then this way, they don't have to be involved in all that. So question is, are you the one that's coming up with the strategy or are you interfacing with the marketing team of the companies that you work with to collaborate on that strategy? Where is the direction coming from? So we're coming up with a strategy. My husband joined the company when we started offering marketing and he's very good with, you know, strategy and ideas and the, the big picture and the plan. So we, they hire us for, for the strategy. We speak to the client to, fi- to find out their goals, to figure out who their customer is and all that. But in the end, we come up with a strategy of what we're going to be doing on social media. So they don't have to deal with it. They don't have to have that social media department here for them. Right. So when you're actually doing all the planning, and like you said, there's a lot of different pieces, how do you keep it all in sync? Because like you said, you're dealing with the graphics, you're dealing with video, you're dealing with copy, you're dealing with the strategy. What keeps you organized and the projects really flowing well? It's kind of a system. Meaning uh, first we come up with ideas. So I have like a spreadsheet with just tons of ideas for each client. Then we work on researching each thing, writing it. Then it goes to design. Some of them go uh, turn into video. So it's uh, it just goes in, in those steps. It always goes into the same process. And do you use any apps or technology to keep it all organized or it's more like organic, you know, on the flow? It, it depends who I'm working with because everyone works differently. But, it, you know, some people are Asana, some people are WhatsApp. It's very Jewish. <laughs> it depends. It's, it's a little bit crazy sometimes, but it works. So. Right. I think that there's ways to make it work for you to some degree. I remember I was once talking to a creative and he was like, what he does is he does stuff there, but then he ends up moving the stuff to a more organized fashion for himself just to have key crucial things. And then he also has organized folders for different clients and the clients know this is where we share all the different pieces that are part of the puzzle. So there's more, it's not just, you know, everything is there, but the important things is let's ship you over to XY. He sort of ships them over to some more official system. Yeah. So we have Dropbox with, you know, folders for each client and each type of work and everything. It's all organized. It's just not, you know, 
the feedback it goes very fast. Meaning the designer sends something in, I respond back, she she sends me back, you know. Right. It's it's a very organic kind of back and forth kind of situation, which, yeah. you know, like I say, every company has what works for them and they make it work really well. And since things work so fast paced, you are able to get those back and forths and back and forths. So I'm just curious if a person is trying to find new clients, right? They don't have their referral system set up yet. What has helped you when you initially built your business to get those initial first clients? It's very hard to tell exactly. I don't market myself as much. In general, being very serious about Sadaka has helped a lot. So always being on top of giving my sir and just being very serious about it and just putting out the best work. All the other methods of doing this and doing that didn't work for me. And I think at the end of the day, it's interesting because, you know, one thing that I, I read a lot, I read Shara Bitachon, and I find that it's not really on the amount of work in a way you put into getting the clients and all that kind of thing. It's really about doing your status in the areas that feel right for you. You know, Hashem doesn't want us to make ourselves crazy. That's not what it's here for. It's it's for us to do reasonable status in the areas that we feel comfortable with and the amount of work that we're not making ourselves sick with. And he will send us what we need if we believe that if we believe that he will send it and we're not saying, oh, I'm going to rely on the XYZ referral. And he says, oh, you're going to rely on XYZ referral? No problem. I'll be hands off then. So it's a very interesting kind of thing, but it's in a way scary. But like you said, doing your part, giving your tzedakah, doing your best work, that's what you're doing in order to attract new people. I think that's truly amazing and very inspirational to hear that because many times we hear about I did this method and I did this and I did that, which is also really great because everybody has different things that work for them and really resonate with them. And that's the status that they should be doing, right? But in your case, that's not what feels right for you. And you've done what feels right. And Baruch Hashem, you know, you've gotten your clients through the doors. So I think that's truly amazing. So with that being said, can you leave us off with a thought for creative people that can resonate with them and help them grow their business? Always trying new things, learning new things, expanding what you do, just learning a lot of new skills. I want to expand on that because what specific ways or where should a person go or how can they figure out what new skills that they should learn to fit the current market trends or where they think the market is trending towards? Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think in general, what they have to also look at what interests them because that's probably what they're going to be better at. When you're applying to different uh, jobs or freelance, people start asking if you have knowledge in specific things. That's the easiest way to know what you should be learning. Meaning if you're contacting, if you're speaking to clients and they're all asking you about web design, maybe you should consider learning. I also used to always look up to a lot of designers and, you know, bigger professionals. And I didn't realize that everyone is just getting by, meaning everyone is learning on the job and everyone is figuring out new things that they don't know. We look at them as if they're the professionals and they know much more. No one knows what they're doing. Everything is changing all the time. I think in general, one thing that helped me, someone told me that saying yes, when someone asks you if you could do something, saying yes to the job, if it's something you could figure out later on YouTube. They don't need to know if you did this exact thing before. You could say yes, and then you'll figure it out, and it's going to be fine. And we know what we're going to be able to learn. Right. 
we, we sort of know what our threshold is, meaning what can we figure out on our own? We have those. And you want to push a little bit past that, though. Yeah, because that's really where you end up really growing and really getting amazing, because if you're going to keep at that ceiling, you know, it's never going to go past that. But if you're able to go a little bit past that, every single job that you do, you keep on raising that ceiling and you keep on getting even more better at what you're doing. But I, I think that's really true. And many times people get sort of scared to do things that they're not used to. But I think that really creative people should feel that innate passion for something new. Why do I want to do the same thing every day? I don't know. I look at, I'm like, every day I'm looking at like, okay, so what could I do today? It's, it's gotta be a little bit of something different or else my brain just feels, it doesn't feel right. Right. But a lot of people have anxiety about it. Meaning what if they mess up? What if uh, it's not going to come out right? What if they realize that I don't know, but it's all, uh, and then it's irrelevant. If you work hard and you could learn how to do it, you know, sometimes we're in the middle of a project and then there's one step that we really never did before. And you look it up. Everything is on Google. Exactly. Like I always say, there should be a degree in Google. Of <laughs> people need to learn how to search properly. I say that with my students. One thing we do with our web design course, we teach them how to find different things, how to Google, how to search for things properly, because to be honest, technology is always changing. And if you're in that kind of field, you're in social media, things are always changing. And if you right. know how to search well, you're able to find the solutions that you need <laughs> and you really need to yeah. know how to search well. And yeah. also how to decipher and see, is this really real? Is this not? Use your intuition. That's really honed yeah. by experience. It all comes together. So thank you so much for being with us today. I really feel many times we have a mindset shift or a different ways of thinking about things. And I appreciate that you've helped sort of give that outlook. And it's really sometimes those really basic things that help us grow and help us get the confidence to really conquer new things. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs>